CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I am Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wire's fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in season three. So we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Okay, I'm so sorry that that, like, opening was so, like, stilted. I feel like it sounded like I had a stutter. (laughs) But it's just because I'm, like, cradling this mic, like, under our blankets. Yeah. (laughs) So that it doesn't fall. But, like, also the sound is, like, really wonderful for you guys. So you're welcome. This is hard work that we're doing right right now. We... Exactly. This is a super glamorous job. And, you know, if you knew the things that we went through to get a good sound, you would worship at our feet. You really would. You would say, wow, those girls care about what they're doing. And we do. (laughs) Um, We do. So how's your week been, Alyssa? You know, it's been all right. It's been, you know, it's one of those weeks where I just I felt like I couldn't really get anything done. Do you have like, you know, that when that happens, you're like motivated and you're like, all right. But then you're like, ah. I don't know. It was just it was one of those weeks where I don't know anything. Anything could be started, but nothing could be finished, you know. So that usually happens for me um, when I accidentally turn on like an episode of the Great British Baking Show. And Uh, it could be like an episode that I've already seen, although like there are new episodes out now on Netflix. Um, They're so like a little plug. But like I'll just get back into it and remember like everything that went down in the season, I'm like, oh, I have to watch this again. You know, I have to watch Bread Week, which is like the most intense, like nerve wracking week of all. Yeah, I totally get that. I think also, I mean, it was like Friday the 13th. It was a harvest moon. We're in like with the month of Libra. I, I don't like there's so many things going on with our signs that I feel like it's not your fault. So don't really (laughs) don't beat yourself up too bad about it. Right. We'll just hit next week extra hard and it'll be fine. Blame it on the moon. Right. Blame it on the moon. Blame it on being a Leo. Blame it on Great British Bake Off. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, this season I've really liked of Great British Bake Off. But at the same time, I'm a little sad that there's like not a grandma. There's always such a sweet grandma and there isn't one this year. And I everybody just seems very young. Oh, my God. That's so true. I was wondering what was off this season. I mean, there's Everybody's a couple young. of old guys. But, yeah, everyone is there's very one. young. There's one man who might be like in his 50s, but everybody else is like late 30s tops. And I hate to say it, but I don't think that old man is going to last very long. No, I haven't seen this Friday's episode yet, but I just, he's pretty good, but there are a few, the goth girl is one of my favorites, and oh my I'm God, like super her. stoked to see what she's doing next, and then, is his name Michael? He's got glasses, he kept cutting his fingers in the first episode. <gasps> oh my God, he, I like, love I thought him. he was going to lose a hand in that first episode, but he's really pulled it like together. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Those he are just, he had faves. a rough start, but I believe in him. And I also really like the vet. She's got, a, she's got the energy of someone that I would really love to drink wine with, so I'm rooting for her to stick around. Yeah, it's it's such a tough call. Like, I feel like we're so early in. I usually get my favorites, like, maybe halfway in. But I do feel like yeah. Bread Week is make or break. And right. I think you can tell, like, who's going to stick around for the long haul once that week yeah. is over. That's true. And Bread Week, I'm pretty sure, is the one that came out yesterday. So it did. after we're, after we're done with this episode, I'm honestly probably going to go watch it. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was a doozy this week. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. We are both uh, in our 30s. We are yes, not 80-year-old women. Barely in our 30s. <laughs> I am just barely 30. But it's fine. do I put on a kettle of tea and watch Great British Bake Off every week? Hell fucking yes, I do. So. Well, sure. It seems disrespectful not to have a cup of tea when you're watching Great British Bake Off. Ugh. And also, it usually sends me into like a late night baking frenzy afterwards because oh, yes. I want to eat something if I've watched that many delicious things be made. Oh, I just I just tried to make my own like bread and I don't Ooh. have a I mean, 
who who has a proofing drawer in their kitchen? You know, like that's not a I normal think, thing. Well, I think mine might have one, but at this, but like I keep okay. pots and pans in it, <laughs> so like it's not available for proofing. It's just I use it as extra storage. All right, well, good for you. I had to like mm-hmm. put it like basically under my sink and hope that like <laughs> the darkness and the dampness would somehow like help the yeast rise, and it did yeah. not. So, oh. um, well, I just like told my roommate it was like flatbread and (laughs) just went with it. I'm sure I'm sure it was still great. Well as lovely as Great British Bake Off is, we have a different show to talk about. And it really couldn't be more different. Like it's in England, sure, but the vibe of The Last Kingdom is uh Pretty different than Great British Bake Off. A lot more competition, that's for goddamn sure. Yeah, it's not It's not nice. Um, we're not, like, pounding the yeast. We're not doing any <laughs> kind of therapeutics things. We're just right. trying to kill each other at every turn. Right, um, exactly. Although I feel like this one kind of starts off a little bit happy. I, there's a marriage. Um, right. And it seems to be, like, you know, once... Uh, so we meet Mildred, who is betrothed to Uhtred. Uh, she is somehow related to Oda. Is that? I want to say her father. Like I think after the death of her father, he kind of like took her in as his ward. Okay, because because I'm definitely so, getting some vibes from the young Oda that he wants yeah, to like bone her. Yeah, he's definitely in love with her, whatever kind of love young Otta could actually do. But yeah, I believe he was Otta's, or she was Otta's ward. Okay. And that's why they were so involved in, like, her bride price and all that. So, right. yeah, I think episode four was, like, like you said, like, there's a wedding. And so, you know, yay! comedy has a wedding, <laughs> but yay. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's not, like, a super romantic wedding, like, their union is like a two-minute ceremony, and it's like, all right, let's get married. You guys stand here. You guys stand here. All right, we're done. Here's your money. Take your wife. Why are you here? Do you know? She brings land. I become Lord under Alfred. I'll be able to make wealth. Gather men. Take back what's mine. It is definitely a transaction, that's for sure. Yeah, one, that's a great way to describe it. Like, 100% a transaction. Like, everybody knows what this is. Like, Uhtred is like, eh, I hope she's hot. But, like... <laughs> and he really cannot know until, like, the last second because she wears that, like, veil and that, like, mesh thing over her face, which is a total look. And I right. was not hating on it. But no, for poor was, Uhtred, who was like, oh, I bet she has, like, the pox or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it was you had back then. Right. Leprosy? I don't know. Right, um, right. It was probably, like, pretty terrifying for that dude. Uh, So, yeah. So, it it was definitely not—it wasn't a true love kind of wedding ceremony. It wasn't a Romeo and Juliet kind of deal. No, no. They were happy with it in the end. Right. At least they, like, lived through it. So, it's in that way, it's better than Romeo and Juliet. No (laughs) uh, (laughs) murder-suicide. Always a good thing. Right, right. But, yeah, and, you know— you think that it's like great like whatever he likes her she has eyes so she likes him too (laughs) and (laughs) and you know they head off to her family property and everybody's like "Mm, something's not right something is not being told and then he finds out that her father left her with this massive debt to the church and now it's his responsibility and that kind of sucks my father wants to find favor with god so he devoted a tenth of his land to the church. They do not own it, but they are entitled to its yield. Indeed, they demand its yield, even when crops fail and Danes raid. God is good. So the bishop took my father to law. I mean, it sucks for Uhtred, but, like, what a fucking baller move by Alfred. <laughs> like, he he just, from day one, I feel like he's, like, had Uhtred, like, marked and... The best way to distract this dude is to put a pretty young thing in front of him and say, hey, you get to, like, bone her, like, go go on, like, a pound town marathon for a bit, you know. <laughs> right, and then you right. can be a lord and it's all going to be cool. And, of course, he's not going to question it. That's what he wants. Plus, uh, like, here's a, here's a beautiful woman that's going to be, like, all yours, you know. Right. And it's only when they're on the road to Mildred's, like, hometown – 
It's he's doing his hometown dates, as uh, bachelor <laughs> oh, no. people would like to say, and he's yeah. like, "What the fuck is this? We're way out of." We're way in the country. We're not anywhere near, like, where I want to be. And then he sees, like, the plot of land, and it all comes crashing down. I I mean, I would want to feel bad for Uhtred if he wasn't so, you know, like, fucking naive. But this is what you get, dude. For him, Mildred was definitely a means to an end. He wanted to be a Saxon lord more than anything. And this technically makes him an alderman. But he's just going to have Alfred and the church really looming over him. And I think it's kind of funny how nobody really thinks that it's that big of a deal. Like, Alfred's like, yeah, it's fine. You can handle it. I could take this debt away, but I'm not gonna. And Bayaka's like, well, hey, you know, this debt is to the church, so I would really like you to pay it because I benefit from this, too. And everybody's kind of like, well, maybe you should have thought this through before you jumped at the first opportunity, but... That's our boy Uhtred. We're only four seasons into the first episode, and that is just clear as day. Yeah, he's definitely not a long-term thinker uh, by any means. In a way, it's it says a lot about Alfred, too, because I think once we hear, like, Mildred's side of this, so it's not like her dad was some, like, he managed his money poorly or was some, you know, drunk or gambler or whatever. He kind of had, like, this crisis of faith and and pledged, you know, so much of his wealth to the church. And then when he couldn't pay it anymore, the church still wanted it. And I think that says a lot about, you know, one, this, like, governing body that's ruling over these people and how just normal people suffer, but also how Alfred reacts to that suffering so he could at any time lift this debt i mean he has reason to he knows mildreth he's very close with her family and and the people that are looking after her now that her dad's gone and he i i think you know she's obviously a a pious woman and and believes what he believes and still he's like "Mm, nah, you're gonna have to pay you know it's just it's a weird look for alfred i have to say and it taught me a lot about maybe how he sees his people. Sure. Well, that kind of idea of like giving money to the church was like next level, you know, at this point in time, and especially a little bit later into medieval history, like the idea of like buying condolences and binding your way into heaven, like that was how you did it. You know, like if you were a rich man, you had to buy some, you know, giant cathedral or whatever, if you wanted to get in good with God and like keep doing all the other corrupt stuff that you're doing. So and that really trickles down to like, you know, peasants and they don't have the same money to give to the church. And so it's a little harder for them to get into heaven that way. And so that kind of corruption, like that built the cathedrals, you know what I mean? Like that is where these big, beautiful buildings that, you know, you go to Europe and you're like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. That was built on the backs of people who were told that money would get them into heaven. And that's pretty dark. I mean, look, look, that seems like the easiest way, especially <laughs> if you've got it, you know, like yeah, if, I, right. if I had a few whatever it costs to build a cathedral and someone was saying, you know what, just give me this money, then you're good to go. You don't even have to worry about it for the rest of your life. Do whatever you want. I'd be like, hell yeah, I've got this just laying around. Yeah, obviously, once we once we get back to Mildred's home, she does not have that. She, she cannot afford that. The people that she takes care of on this land cannot afford that. And it's a little annoying, to be honest, to hear Uhtred whine so much. I mean, like, when he gets there, it's just, I just wanted to, like, stick a fork in his eye or something. I mean, he was just so obnoxious. Yeah, we aren't really shown what Uhtred was told about this land that he was given. Like, we knew that he was was not told about the debt. But, like, did they tell him it was going to be, like, a big, fancy hall? Or did he just assume that? That's what I want to (sighs) know. You never know with Uhtred. I, I would think right, that he right. just assumed it because that's our fucking boy. But right. <laughs> um, <laughs> whether whether he was told or not, it's like you've got to have the wherewithal to, to know when you're being lied to or when you're being conned. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. You know, I know that he is he's not as experienced and and uh, as versed in this kind of Saxon lordship uh, as yeah. Alfred is. But you got to start looking out for yourself and you got to start really thinking beyond just the instant gratification. And I think that's where Uhtred really uh, 
suffers a bit this episode. Sure, um, as sure. he has suffered every fucking episode. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe he can, he needs to go to business school or something. I don't know, dude. Was there a business he, school back in medieval times? Like, I think it was called the business of life. And if you survived it, you graduated. Congrats. <laughs> Yeah, like, he does not know how to play the long game. And, you know, the thing is, like, Mildred kind of does. Like, she has been, like, left to reckon with the decisions of men, and she doesn't have a lot of power in this situation. But she's definitely savvy enough to, like, you know, I've got to take care of my people. I've got to keep myself alive. Like, I have to play the game. And I feel like everybody that Uhtred comes in contact with plays the game better than he does at this point. And Mildred is definitely included in that. And you know what I, I really appreciate about Mildred? She does play the game. So, I mean, you see, when she gets that bride price, the first thing she does with that silver is to hand it out to to the people working her land. Because she knows if, if she keeps them happy, then her life is going to be easier. If people start getting upset if they feel like they're not getting what they're owed um if they get hungry or if you know just things aren't going well they're going to turn it on her first because she's the closest she's the easiest target um and she still has some semblance of power out there so she's a smart fucking cookie i mean much smarter than her husband at this point but i think everyone is oh well i mean (laughs) I feel like Mildred is just a really nice person, and I don't think yeah. we're going to meet many nice people on the show. No. Um, I'm just going to hazard a guess. So, right. like, I, I wanted to see her kind of find her way and, and do well, and I think she does this episode. I think she makes the most of what she's given, makes the best of it, which is all any woman could do at the time. And she gets to bone Uhtred. I mean, fucking get it, girl. Living with the man they foisted onto you. The pagan, having to take his seed and the like. Uhtred is decent. He treats me well. He does. God will bless your loyalty. But with luck, he will fall in battle and soon. I think you're right. I think I I was definitely concerned with that, like, bonding scene between Aleswith and Mildred. Because you can tell that, like, they have that religion in common and the fact that they're wives of you know, different, varying degrees of powerful men. And so Aleswith is like, oh, yeah, we can, you know, bond over this. I hope you make it through pregnancy. And you're like, oh, Jesus oh, man. Christ. Like, the way, the way that she just, like, so casually said, I hope that you both survive was just, like, such an indicator of what a rough time it was to be anybody, but especially to be a woman and a pregnant woman. Mm. But, yeah, like, at the same time, like, that scene, you could really draw like a stark difference between their marriages like even though Uhtred is like you know sometimes he's really stupid and selfish and whatever like he does treat Mildred relatively well at this point in their marriage like you know there's there's some affection there over time and with Aleswith like you know Alfred respects her and clearly sees her value but at the same time he's still you know shagging different servant girls on the side and not really respecting her as a person. So I think I think that that contrast is you can see it in that scene between Aleswith and Mildred when they're praying. Yeah, unfortunately for Aleswith, uh her husband's got a thing for redheads. So. Oh. <laughs> um no, I think I think you're right. I think that's something I've noticed about Utrid uh specifically is just the way he relates to women is much different. I don't know it's if that's... It's pretty good. It like, is, right? I'm not expecting feminism from our boy, but, like, he respects the women that are in his life, and I, you know, but I like is, that, oh, so shockingly. Is this, a, is, it, is this, like, a Danish thing? Because I feel the same about Ragnar as well. And, I mean, I haven't yeah. seen how, like, Guthrum or Abba or the others... I mean, obviously... You know, they could just be the exceptions. Who knows? But I just feel like it's a different attitude towards women in the Viking camp. Well, historically, Vikings were like very egalitarian. So I that doesn't to say that, they, you know, every Viking man was perfectly respectful to women. But it was definitely Danish women had a very different place in society than Saxon women did. Oh, my God. Speak nerdy to me, Alyssa. Keep oh, going. Yeah. Do a little <laughs> Let's research. Let's go into history. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. Words. Right, right. 
No, seriously, it I was, let it keep going. <laughs> no, it was different, and I think that was, you know, part of the appeal for Brita with getting out because she knew that if she stayed and was a Saxon, like, her life would be very different. And part of me wonders, too, like, at a more microscopic level, I wonder if, like, that effect is from Earl Ragnar because, you know, Uhtred and Ragnar, both righteous dudes in terms of how they treat their women. And you could tell, like, in the brief interactions that he had with his wife in the first episode you could tell that he really like loved and respected her so maybe that was less historical more personal experience for those guys yeah i mean earl reiner would have definitely been in the women's march uh he would have been (laughs) side by side in a fucking pussy hat i mean there's no question hanging Um, out with elizabeth warren (laughs) (laughs) seriously um Wearing those like Emma Watson uh, feminist shirts that she like, you know, Hashtag put on her. He is with her. He is so. with her. <laughs> and you and me and us and everyone. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously we skip ahead after the marriage, after Uhtred figures out that he's been duped, but it's like eh, kind of like chained Making to this well land. Make the best of it. Yeah. Right. Um, we skip ahead. Uh, we know that because uh, Mildred is pregnant and she is heavily pregnant by the time we Very see her pregnant. again. Um, oh, poor girl, that is just terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying to be pregnant now. Anytime. I can't even imagine what it's like back then. There's no epidurals. I oh. mean, I, I know. The, thinking the, of the, all the things you don't have. Yeah, yeah. Like the the birth scene at the end of the episode. Like, ugh, mm. just I just I can't imagine. I mean, I can't she, imagine. She couldn't even have ice chips after it was no, all done. I mean, nothing. couldn't even. There was You're no bite relief. on a stick, and that's all you get. Oof, yikes! I know. Um, I know. Oh God, women are so strong. Um, they are. Pat on the back for all of us. But right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so once we've kind of skipped ahead in time, we're at this place. So we've we've had peace with the Danes for for a little while now. A um, very tenuous peace. A very yeah. tenuous peace. It's been a very short peace, um, but a peace nonetheless. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of all blows up in Alfred's face um, yeah. in the most unfortunate way. I mean, it's just such a – I think even Alfred, like, mentions this, how, you know, uh, so Abba's brother is killed, and he just jets off and leaves everyone behind to go seek mm-hmm. revenge, as you do. Sure. And um, for Alfred, that it's such a – I don't know. I feel like it's it probably really frustrates him because after doing all of this work, um, putting in all this effort, trying to, like, make this peace and, and really work things out, just, you know, fate has a way of just dropping something in the bucket that you just can't expect. And yeah. especially with someone like Abba, who just kind of sails wherever the fuck he wants to go when he wants to He's go. He's a wild card. It, it's just not it's not working for Alfred's like plan, his future plans for England, the stability part of that. No, definitely not. And, you know, he you know, they so they have to go off and like do all the renegotiating with the Danes because they took a castle and killed a lot of Saxons. And that's a bad look when you're technically not allies, <laughs> not necessarily allies, but not out, you know, outright enemies at this point. But like. You know, he's still, even though he's, like, you know, saddled Uhtred with this debt, he still wants him to have, he still wants to have Uhtred, like, right by his side. He knows his value. He just doesn't want to pay him for it. Right. And, you know, they have that conversation before they go and meet with the Danes, and they're talking about different things in their lives that make it difficult. And Alfred tells him, I have my broth, you have your debt. And so, you know, it's both these you know circumstances beyond their control that are keeping them from like reaching their full potential and in a way it sort of is kind of a not a bonding moment but a a way to recognize sort of a same nature in each other but they just handle it in such different ways you know like alfred's kind of resignation and utred is you know fighting against it, blaring Miley Cyrus because he cannot be tamed. <laughs> but it's like... You it know, totally these, would be a Miley stan. Yeah, 100%. So <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. And so I think Alfred kind of sees this debt as a way to keep docile, you know, keep Uhtred docile and manageable. You are happy, Elderman Uhtred, with uh, Mildred? Yes, Lord. She's a good wife. 
Though I never would have married her had I known I'd owe 2,000 shillings. Which increases yearly. I'm told that on your word, the debt can be lifted. Why should I deny the church 2,000 shillings? I wasn't aware I'd owe it. It is not a secret. And so I think Alfred kind of sees this debt as a way to keep docile, you know, keep Uhtred docile and manageable because he needs to have him in his corner, but he doesn't want him to have the power to, like, make major decisions. Well, I think I think Alfred sees the threat that Uhtred could be. If Uhtred worked a little a little harder on his kind of future plans and was maybe a little bit more shrewd in who he trusted and, and the choices that he makes to get where he wants to go, he could really be a threat to Alfred in a lot of different ways. Um, so... I think that's there's also a thing of like sizing each other up and and kind of recognizing okay this I may have underestimated this person to begin with but now I'm starting to see you know the power that they have the like promise that they have and I need to kind of shape that to where it doesn't threaten me or what I want to do. So it's it's an interesting power play. It's always going to be with these two cuz they are so sim- similar and yet so different. But in the end, again, Alfred comes out on top because uh, he finds a way to suggest that Uhtred become a hostage to the Danes. Bravo, mm. Alfred. Bravo. Right. You know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, he basically gets a month to, like, hang out with Breda and Ragnar. But, of course, Uhtred being Uhtred, they have a falling out, like, almost immediately. <laughs> Night of. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it seemed. The party right, yeah. did not last long. No, no. They had their tug of war, they drank their mead, and then Uhtred opened his mouth, and it did not go well. If he could just keep his mouth shut and maybe drink a little bit more, mm. things would be much better for Uhtred. <laughs> I just, I don't think he can. Get like, he physically flow, cannot. my dude. <laughs> he's always going to harsh everyone's mellow because he has to talk about how he's going to be a lord someday and how he's going to, like, take that at the edge of a sword. Like, that's not, that's not casual party talk. He's always going to be the most unchill. It's such a weird flex, too, because, like, he has to know that Brita and Ragnar do not give a fuck about him becoming a lord. I mean, they right. just want to, like, sail and pillage and, like, bone on ships and do their thing. I, like, Isn't that what anybody wants, really? I, like, it sounds I mean, like that's a great what life. I would want, for sure. <laughs> so I just don't see why he keeps bringing it up. They're like, dude, I, I mean— do what you want to do, but, like, we really could care less about, like, well, your little castle. Right. Well, that's the thing about Brita is, like, she's she's always been, like, Uhtred's conscience and, like, voice of reason. And so she's, you know, she sees how Alfred has basically sold him out, you know, as a hostage. And sure, he'll pay off his debt if he dies, but only if he dies. You know what I mean? And so she really points out, like, how beholden he is and how Alfred just yanks his chain and she's just she doesn't see the value in that at all you swear an oath to alfred you marry for alfred you've land given to you by alfred your wife carries your child and yet you give him up as a hostage by alfred are you a spy utrid like utrid sees it as a means to an end but brita just sees it as being you know, a slave. Attacked, yeah, yeah, being it's somebody's another attack form dog. Of, of slavery for her. And I think she's right in that. I think, especially back in those times, I mean, it's one thing to be beholden to someone like Earl Ragnar, who, who you know, raised you and really did right by you. And, and now you feel like you should honor his memory. That's one thing. But yeah. you don't. You don't know this dude from Adam. Like, Alfred is someone you literally met, like, two seconds ago. And Mm. now he owns your life. He's given you a wife. He, Your child that you have, you know, kind of belongs to him and the fact that it's one of his people now. And and you owe all this money on this land that's not really even your land and you didn't want it. And now you have to, like, agree to be— to be his hostage and to to kind of further his plan while putting your own neck on the line. It's— it is really ridiculous when you just look at it from a straightforward, like, why are you doing this point of view? I think it only makes sense to Uhtred because he's so blinded by this need to get back to Bebenberg, which I still don't understand. But do you, yeah. Uhtred, I guess? I don't know. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, 
Brita kind of acts as his conscience, you know, yet again in this episode. But it really just like the episode kind of comes to a head with two like striking acts of violence. Like Abba comes back and so they start killing the hostages and Uhtred has to like find his way or fight his way free until Ragnar, bless him, steps in and saves him. <sighs> and at the same time, like Mildred is giving birth and it's just intense brutal. and brutal and it's just like it just really highlights just what a brutal fucking time this was to be alive you know like we are too soft to live in that world Alyssa oh 100 percent too soft I mean uh, like thank god we live in a time of like great British bake-off and tea right. and <laughs> just like talking on a podcast about a tv show because I wouldn't have done well at any other time in history but certainly not in medieval times Right, exactly. This is one of the harder periods of history. Um, but yeah, like, Uhtred ultimately, like, he gets away. War is fully starting with the Danes now. And yes. he has he has his Lord of the Rings moment and lights a beacon, and it's pretty great. And then he sees all the ships that are coming, and it's a lot less great. And it's just, like, this episode ending is probably my favorite that we've had so far this season because it just, it's setting up, like, so much big shit to happen. Yeah, it definitely felt so exciting when we got to the end of this. And I think a lot of that is because of, of what happens with Ragnar and Brita and Uhtred and how that all plays out. Um, and the fact that they they protect him and, and let him go. And I really liked that. I liked that their kind of part in this so far has, like, ended well and that Uhtred is basically given a blessing to pursue what he wants to pursue from the two people that matter the most to him. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think they agree with him at all, but I think there's enough respect and love there to say, dude, you got a kid on the way. We totally get it. Like, get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we'll hold it down and you can decide what you want to do later, you know? Yeah, even though, you know, they're on opposite sides of the battlefield at this point, like, there's still that mutual respect and a, a very familial love, you know? And Ugh. that's I love when family members are, like, on the opposite sides of a war, but there's still that, like, respect and camaraderie. It's oh, like a such a good trope. Such trope. a good trope. Yes. Uh, Woo! Yeah, okay, I love good. it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's... The episode in a nutshell, it was such a good one. I felt like we, I was just so happy to see some characters kind of get more time. We got more Brita, we got yeah. more Ragnar, we got more Guthrum. Poor Guthrum. Yep. Just trying oh, to yeah, hold him. We, we did forget to talk about Guthrum, like how Alfred was really trying to convert him and he just did not take at this point in time. <sighs> he sent his funniest priest. His, oh. his, like, John Mulaney priest to kind of, like, <laughs> ease him into the religion. <laughs> well, I thought it was kind of funny how, like, at the beginning, we totally forgot to talk about this, how at the beginning, like, when, or not the beginning of the episode, but the beginning of the hostage situation, when he calls on Selbix, the other um, abbot, and you could tell that Bayaka's kind of like, oh, he didn't ask oh, me to do it. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> and then he finds out that, oh, he's going to go live behind enemy lines for a month and he's probably going to die, so maybe cool. be a little less pissy about it, Bayaka. Uh, <laughs> you for sure get to live, so yeah, I, I better situation. Yeah, I felt so bad for that sweet old priest. I knew I know. his time was short. He did his best, you know, he was put in a bad situation, and Guthrum was already tense because he's dealing with this, like, Ubba problem, which, like, Ubba yeah. is, like, the worst friend right now. I, I mean, right. it's a toxic friendship, and I think Guthrum's realizing that. But, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, like, an interesting little play. Again, like, I just loved how we got to see a little bit more of, like, the Danish side and, and what's going on there. Because um, we see so much of Alfred and the Saxons right now, so I always right. like when we go back to the Vikings. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara especially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. 
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's that time again. Next episode wishes. This is when we issue our demands for the upcoming episodes, uh, like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what do you want to see next episode? I'm really ready for the Danish fleet to get there and Abba's men to get there and just, like, war to really begin. Like, let them fight Danes versus Saxons. I'm ready for a little bloodthirstiness, honestly. Hells yeah. I want to see some good old-fashioned bloodshed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like enough of the men talking in rooms, enough of working in the fields and bumping uglies underneath the furs. Mm. Like, I need to see the swords clashing, the heads rolling. I mean, I feel like we deserve that. And we've stuck it out with all this, like, plotting and uh, political betrayal and uh, Uhtred's whining. So, yeah, I'm totally down with that. Yeah, 100%. And I'm really stoked to see, like, the further conflict between Mildred and Uhtred because I think that's a really interesting relationship that kind of, it kind of really has an effect on him going forward, too. And it's kind of, you know, it's a real indicator of when the only thing you have in common is humping, like, that's going to go south in a hurry, especially after you add some kids into the mix. Look, that baby changes everything, and yeah. that's something that's been true since medieval times. <laughs> uh, poor Uhtred does not know that yet, but he's going to learn real quick. Yeah, um, agreed. I would also like to see, obviously we're going to see some Mildred and Uhtred fighting. Mm. I would like to see some Danish fighting, and specifically, I would like to see Ragnar um, kind of going toe-to-toe with some Saxon soldiers Maybe half naked. Maybe he's not going to have any armor on. That's a new way he's going to fight. Um, yeah. There's more like, you know, room to to move and uh, range of motion there. So that could be the thing. I just want to see more of Ragnar in general, but especially like just punching dudes and flexing his pecs. And yeah, I'm going right. to stop there. But you know what I want from right. Ragnar. Listen, I understand. Just because it's going to be a battle doesn't mean, you know, you're not going to be horny. It's fine. Give, give me some good. I mean, it's it's going to be, I'm going to be especially horny because it's a battle. <laughs> I think we've already like talked about right. how weird we are about like bloodshed and killing and how sure. that's like a strange turn on in this show. It's true. It's true. I think anybody that watches this show is going to be honest about that too like yeah just in the show though guys we're not fucking weirdos okay we just <laughs> like to see it in terms of like medieval battles sure okay? sure 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 yeah agreed <sighs> so I, I shouldn't have to explain that but i'm i did so right we're right. good now <laughs> <laughs> the last kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters and nearly everyone gets their time to shine our Arsling of the Week is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who is your Arsling of the Week this week? Okay, so I was really surprised. We've, this is our, this is our, my second time watching this season. Yeah. Um, And I think we were talking about the first time we watched, I really was not into Mildred. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, she was a starter wife, and I just felt like we could easily, like, brush over her, and, and she's a very forgettable kind of a piece of Uhtred's puzzle. But I think digging into this episode the way we have, um, I really have a lot of respect for this girl. I mean, arranged marriages are rough as it is. Absolutely. But think of, you know, being this Saxon woman, very religious, and being promised to this, you know, Viking, like, savage that you have never met. Um and you know you're just being sold off at this point. You're pretty, you're young. That's what you were made for. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it has to be hard. And she's still, like, 
rolling with the punches. She's giving silver to her people. She's like trying to till the land and appease her new husband. Like appease her new (laughs) husband, who is just no one has told Uhtred that chicks dig like the strong and silent types. Right. So he's just whining the entire time about how tough he's got it right now. I mean, I just feel like. Even though she's a little, she's really nice and a little too accommodating for my taste, I think it's nice to see, like, how a strong woman can be portrayed in a different way. We see Brita and how she's strong. We see Aylesworth and how she uses her power. And I think we get to see another side of, like, womanhood with Mildred. And I, I really appreciated that this episode. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. Like, you know, there's not one way to be a strong woman and, you know... Sure, the show is very dude heavy, but at the same time, you know, we have a lot of different kind of female characters. And I I really like that, too. Women. I mean, if you pay attention to this show, women, especially with Uhtred, who is the main character, women hold so much sway with him. Yeah. His closest relationships, the people he trusts the most, the people that are able to kind of talk him down and like just get shoot straight with him are normally women. So I cannot wait to get to Hild because she's my fave. I love her so much. (laughs) I can't wait until that bitch comes in. Yeah. But yeah, so I I think maybe Mildred is just, we've already seen that with Brita. We see another side of it with Mildred and yeah, we'll continue to see that. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this episode, I've got to give it to Leo Frick because like this guy, he is the king of reading the room, you know, like he has to ride with I I wasn't quite sure why he was chosen to go along with Utra to his new town, aside from the fact that they're like bros. I guess he was just like, you know what, I'm going to go. Do you think he volunteered for that? Because that would be so freaking cute. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Like he just didn't want to leave Utra. Right. Right. I mean, that was I mean, I guess. And so like. He, they get there and he's like, you know what? I'm going to sleep in the barn because you guys have some stuff to work out. And I don't know if it's going to be a fighting or fucking, but I don't want to uh. be here for either. Leverick <laughs> <laughs> was not made to be a like third, a third wheel, wheel. And he knows this. <laughs> right. And between that and like, I also really loved the moment where Alfred's kind of like telling him what he wants to say to his men and he's like delivering the news. But he adds like a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of extra excitement to Alfred's speech because he knows that that's what the people need to hear. We are here to show them how many we are. We are here to show them how many we are. That we are here with God and that this is our land. That we are here with God! And this is our land! Sure, he may not be a third wheel, but he is a very good wingman in this episode. Hell yes. I I cannot stand him enough. He really... He provided a lot of comic relief this episode, and there were definitely tense times when we needed to laugh a little bit. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that, Leo Brick. Yes, exactly. Thank you for your service. (laughs) Get ready to shame none, the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the week. This is our What a Turd segment, basically who we hate. Alyssa, who are you not feeling this week? You know, we talked a lot about Alfred, so I'm kind of, like, regretting this decision now that we've, like, talked through it all. But (laughs) I, I do think it's Alfred because, like, I get what he's trying to do, but the way that he manipulates Uhtred so much, I'm just like, oh, my God, get a life. Find somebody else to torment, Alfred, please. Seriously, you don't have any other subjects you can just, like, you know, string along and do the same thing with? I feel like he's just bored. Yeah, like, I get it. Uhtred's a meathead, but, like saddling him with such a massive debt and then handing him over to be a hostage is like a one-two punch of shitty behavior. It's just not cool. Lord, I'd be more useful as a warrior for when the truce fails. Oh, the truce will hold for a time. And in that time, you will be my eyes and ears inside the fortress. Listening for what? For Abba. If and when you hear of his return, you will escape. And if I'm in chains? Our men here shall disband. There are fields to work, but I will build a beacon on the hill... You will escape and light the fire. Also, like, uh, talking about reading the room, like, you want (laughs) Uhtred to be your friend, dude. Right. This is a guy who can fight and kill for you and uh, is obviously very loyal and has some kind of worth behind his word. Like, maybe don't be such a dick to him all the time just because he doesn't want to go pray with you, like, you know, 
on the right. hour every fucking hour. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think he does recognize that, but he resents that, you know, because because mm-hmm. he has, you know, the poor health and he isn't like this, you know, strong man of battle. Like Alfred definitely is compelling and magnetic in his own way, but not in the same way that Uhtred is. And I think he really is kind of jealous of that. And so he really uses his position of power to take it out on him in different ways. Look, I'm sorry you have to eat gruel all the time, but get over it, dude. Some of us can stomach meat. (laughs) Right. Exactly. All right. Well, so my turd, and I hate to say this because you know I love him. It's true. um, But I'm going to say it's Abba. Uh, Mm. I just, I like that he doesn't give a fuck about what other people think, even his best friends. Um, Mm. But... And I and I also get that your brother just died. You're feeling a little pissed. You want to go off, get revenge. Sure. But, you know, you're about to conquer England, okay? You don't get to call this kind of audible where you're like, hey, got a jet. Like, <laughs> that's a shitty thing to do. And I I don't think we should confront him at this point. I think mm. we need his men, like his men and his his leadership to to win this fight if you're a Dane. But I think after the battle, there should be some serious conversations about leadership in this group. And I think Guthrum should be leading them because he's obviously really peeved. Yeah, he's not happy. He stayed behind to leave their men, lead their men. And I just I think he needs to benefit from being the one who stayed. Yeah, I just there there was so much I related so much with Guthrum this episode where you just you have that one friend who you're like, dude, I, I love this person, but why the fuck do they act like this? I know, I know. That was Guthrum this whole episode, and I just my heart broke for him. A Everyone's bit. been there. Everyone's been We've there. All maybe, been there Guthrum. maybe with smaller stakes, but you know, <laughs> it feels big in the moment. <laughs> Look, I've wanted to go out clubbing. My friend said yes. We got all ready to go, and then she backed out. Is That's it the worst. The exact same thing, but mm. is it? Also, a little bit worse <laughs> because of. he didn't, you know, put on uncomfortable clothes and do a full face of makeup and then have nowhere to go. Oh, my God. Do you know what that does to your pores? And then you have to just Ugh. take a wet wipe and, like, wipe it all off? Yes, you have to wipe the- it off. Or you feel so defeated and sad that you're just like, oh, <sighs> fuck it. And just, like, go to bed with the full face. And then you wake up in the morning filled with regret and shitty pores. And pimples. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have it rough, too. Okay, right. It's super hard all the time. <laughs> Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this week. So, yeah. So I'm just going to say it. I am a simple woman, and the episode opened with Uhtred naked in a lake, and I enjoyed it. That was it. (laughs) That was first scene. Alyssa was like, hell yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Thank you very much. Right. I'm sure you have a much Um, more nuanced answer, but for me, it was like cavewoman brain activated. I would never, I would never yuck your yum. You know this. Thank you. I feel like we should start keeping track of these lake bathing scenes, though, because mm. we're getting a few. And I feel like this is our second of the season, maybe? Maybe the yeah. third? It, it, it's two or three. Mm. Um, this was the longest ass shot, though, so I appreciated that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, for me, the thirstiest uh, moment of this episode was Ragnar. Mm. I know we, This like, was a really good up. interaction. Interaction. With, uh, it it was, was good. It was really good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, so, yeah. So... Basically, when Uhtred gets to the camp, he's he's been hostaged out. Uh, he sees Brita, and they have a little, like, moment. He tries to, like, sweet-talk her, even though his wife is, like, nine months pregnant. So, like, dude, back the fuck off. But um, she's like, yo, I'm with uh, Ragnar now, which we're... I'm sure you also were like, hell yeah, Fully support. Is. Fully like, support yeah. it. Get yours, um, Brita. Yes. So, so Uhtred obviously is not expecting that, but he takes it really well, I think. Another, another like, sign that Uhtred is not some, like, toxic dude. He understands, like, he's Brita's woke. not going to wait for him. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> the only yeah. saving grace of him this season is that he doesn't treat his women like shit, and I like that. <laughs> so true. And so they... 
they kind of, you know, have their moment. They go off together to chat and everything. And Ragnar the whole time is just so chill. He lets Brita explain the way she wants to explain. He knows that's important to her. He, like, comes to Uhtred afterward and, and speaks his piece, but, like, very mature about it and is like, you know, love to have your blessing. Doesn't mean anything because I've got her blessing, but I don't <laughs> want us to have any, like, bad blood. Right. And um, there is a specific point where he kind of jokes about, like, humping Brita that night or whatever. I should ask you, Uhtred. Not that it matters, but I should ask. Is it a problem to you that Brita's with me now? No, I'm happy about it. I swear. <laughs> Not that she cares what you think. I would hump her regardless. <laughs> with, with affection. And with my permission. I know. <laughs> she kind of like snaps back and she's like, yeah, but only with my permission. And he's uh. like, yeah, I know. And I'm just like, oh, th- I mean, hands down. That's, like, the hottest thing I've seen on TV in a very long time. <laughs> it's true. Consent is sexy. And, you Consent know, is we... so sexy. We Especially stand. when it's, like, a hot Viking with uh, a braid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're all about that braid, and I love it. Dude, um, <laughs> it does something to me. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I'm all for healthy relationships, especially, you know, in a time when that didn't happen very often. So... Yes. I'm yeah. all for it. That's the moments that got us, like, really thirsty this week. Mm. Um, But I think we should also talk about the moments we geeked out about this week. Yes. um, That don't really have anything to do with The Last Kingdom, but that's okay because there's a lot of great stuff out there, guys. It's true. I think, you know, it's safe to say we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. And now we get to annoy all of our devoted listeners, so Mm. you're welcome. (laughs) So this is our little geek out section where we offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. Yes. And Alyssa, you go first this time. Yes. Like, beautifully, we both want to talk about the same thing because it's amazing. Um, Ah! I hope you've all seen the movie Ready or Not because... It's fucking incredible. It is a fucking gift. You know, it's one of those things like I have not been I'm not I would not consider myself like a big horror fan. But I also need to kind of like readjust that because I've seen quite a few horror movies. And in terms of like how often I previously watched horror movies this year and I've liked like a bunch of them. And I'm just like, all right, am I like a later in life horror fan now? Because like I was obsessed with this, obsessed with Midsummer, obsessed with us. Like there have been so many great horror films out there Mm. and this one was definitely the most fun though like hell yeah it's crazy like i don't know if you guys are familiar but basically this girl gets married and she marries into this super rich family and then she finds out that they have like this satanic ritual where she they have to play hide and seek and kill her or they're all gonna die and it's the best it is so fucking awesome there's so many I mean, this movie was just made to be, like, watched in a theater with people yes. and just, like, cheer and and be grossed out together. It's such, like, a fun experience to watch it with other people. But I'm the same. I'm not a huge horror person. I feel like horror is changing a little bit. I don't want to say it's, like, getting better because there – I mean, if you look back, I, horror has always been, like, an underrated genre, I think. Agreed, yeah. But um, – we're doing it. I, I feel like people are doing it differently. I think they're approaching it in different ways. And for this, it's it's very dark, like darkly comedic. It's very funny. There's a lot of like gross, like slasher shit in there. Right. Um, so you get your fix that way. But Ugh. it's just, yeah, uh, I know. But there's, there's one death also, in particular that I, I'm not going to spoil it. But oh my god, are you talk? Um, is it like one of the maids? Yep, the second one. Oh, yeah, so gross. Okay, yeah, same, yeah. same, same. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, watch out for that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's just we're just like seeing it done in a lot of different ways. I think that's because you know we get more like diverse voices behind the camera and, and we're getting better storytelling and um, more inclusive storytelling. So it's nice to see like this one. You know it. It's basically uh, Samara Weaving uh, who plays She was Grace. so good. I'm like Amazing. obsessed with her now. She's going to be she's going to be one of the daughters. I can't remember who's in um, Bill and Ted Face the Music. So I'm super stoked uh, to like see her in that, too. Oh, uh, yeah. She's I mean, she's incredible. She has one of the most iconic like screams in a horror film oh, that I've heard what in my it? life. What is it about scream? Like just like these feral feminine screams in horror movies this year. And I'm like fucking here for it like what it's a 20, such a release what a 2019 mood to just like 
scream into the void. Like, ugh, between this and Midsummer, like, oh my God. It's and the year she's of got the like this like banshee scream. I mean, it, it yes. is you'll know it when she does it. It's yep. just and it's the the moment that she does it, the the point in, in the movie and the scene and everything, it just all like releases. It's a it's fucking amazing. I like want to go see it again. Thank God for Regal Unlimited because I'm gonna have <sighs> to see it again. <laughs> I'm gonna buy this shit as soon as it comes out. But I 100%. do want to talk about Movie's really good. Lots of scares. Uh, really good story. Please go see it. But <laughs> let's also talk about the hotness evolution of one Adam Brody. It's because true. Like he Seth, is fine. Yeah, Seth Cohen was cute, but like this movie's Adam Brody is a man. He may be a Satanist, but like he's a reluctant. He's a reluctant Satanist. So like he's a, it's fine. He's a Satanist with a heart of gold. <laughs> And you know what? Satanists are not. I totally hit that. And then uh, I'd happily go to hell and hit it some more. Okay. <laughs> he is like so hot. And it's it makes me feel it makes me ashamed because I've I've kind of <laughs> forgotten about Adam Brody over the years after the OC was done. I know. And and now I feel like I've really I've betrayed him in a way and I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch like all of the things he's done since then. You know, I kind of feel like Ryan Reynolds stole his career. Like, the handsome, oh like, God, totally. nerdy, like, sarcastic dude who's, like, still 100% a babe. But, like, you know, just a little bit, like, goofy in a way. And I feel like Ryan Reynolds took that from him. I think because Ryan Reynolds got a little bit buff for a couple of, like, action movies he did, like, mm. right off the back. Yeah. And I think we were still in that time of, like, uh, you still got to have some muscles to be, like, super hot. Which you know sucks. what I mean? Like, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And, Adam, I'm so sorry about that. Um, I know. I don't know, like, who decided that. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to make up for it now and, like, talk about how sexy and hot you are. And congratulations because you're married to Leighton Meester. And she oh, is so beautiful. What a duo. And Oh gossip my god, he's even he's even also married to another gossip girl. To a gossip girl. It all <gasps> makes sense. Do you think this is some kind of like secret rivalry? Like yes. they have yes. something going on. Oh like, my god. All of Hollywood maybe knows, but like the public doesn't know. Well now they know. <laughs> We've We're, like, cracked shedding it. light on this. <laughs> this is like an age-old feud um, dun, dun, dun. between families. They pass it on to their children now. Because I think he has, I think him and Leighton Meester have a daughter, and Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds have two. Right. And oh I believe God. a third on the way. I, think <gasps> I feel like she's pregnant again. She's pregnant. She's pregnant again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's so Ooh. beautiful. Okay. Anyway. So, anyway, uh, we're not picking sides in this fight. No. We're just saying this fight is probably real. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we wouldn't make this stuff up, guys. Sure. We're basically, not, people, we're basically people Magazine. You can trust us. It's fine. You can trust us. We don't make stuff up just... For the drama of it, because we're bored and we want to, like, you know, right. live in a fantasy world. Exactly. No, we don't exactly. do that. No, but, yeah, I agree. Like, his whole vibe in this movie, I was definitely sending some feverish text people to tell them, it's great, go see it, and also Adam Brody. Yeah, you'll be surprised at who you like in this movie by the end of it. Yeah, I, think. I was, like, oh, the ending. I know. We can't talk mm. about the ending on here because it's amazing. And But, like, also, it's so good. But, yeah, I also, like, from a nerdy perspective, I was super obsessed with the fact that Donnie from Orphan Black and Winona from Winona Earp were married and hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Winona Earp, our girl, uh, what's her name? Uh, Melanie Scarafano. Melanie. Okay. She is so fucking hilarious. She's in this so movie, funny. Guys. Like I knew so she was funny. funny because she's on Letterkenny, which is amazing. If you don't watch sure, it, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's so funny on that. So funny on Wine on Earth. But she like it's like next level weird in this one, and she yes. just she fucking nails it. It's like it's not. I mean. She, Totally different from her Winona Earp character in the so humor different. part of it because she is she's not like very good at the killing or <laughs> the game like that anything. they play. She's or pretty, anything. She's, she's she good at snorting like she, coke. She's good at snorting <laughs> coke, and she seems to be like an okay mom. Like she definitely cares she about loves her, her boys, kids. but yeah. also her kids are psychos. So like you know, maybe not a great mom. <laughs> yeah, I, she's oh god, she was like an MVP for me. Other than Adam Brody, she was my favorite character. She was um, so good, but also like I said, like Donnie Christian Brun googling 
satanic cult actually real? I (laughs) lost my shit. When he sits in that bathroom and he, like, uh, does a YouTube tutorial of how to, like, do a crossbow. So good. It's so funny, guys. Please go see it. Please go see it. Even if you don't like horror and, like, you have nightmares about everything, you'll still like it. Because it's, like, it's intense, but I wouldn't call it scary. You know what I mean? No, no, no. no. I think you get some jumps. Sure, sure. But even with, like, the, you know, the satanic angle, like, it's not scary. It's just a lot. It's so good. Oh, oh my I God. I love it. Okay, oh, now so that good. we're, like, talking about it, I, I really want to go see it again. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but, yeah. A little murderino shout out. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, but, yeah, great movie. Go see it. Ready or not, go see it now. Anyway. All right, or guys. Or we'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they will, you know. Or they will. Who right. knows? Yeah. Someone will. <laughs> Someone, yeah. Yeah. That's a real great sell to, like, go get them to see it. You, you'll yeah. die if you don't. So. It's like one of those, like, chain mails. You ever get those, like, emails where it's like, send this to 10 people. Or you'll or have you'll terrible die. luck for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I always got the ones where it was like, your grandmother will die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it was, I feel it like, really when, scared me. Yeah, like, those were such a big thing in, like, junior high and high school, and I feel like it was either your grandmother's gonna die, or you're never gonna fall in love, so you better yeah. fucking send it on. It was, like, really dark um, predictions, and even now when I see them, because, like, you'll see them, like, float around, like, on Facebook sometimes, you know? Right. yeah. And, uh, like, if you don't like this, or if you don't share this, and it still, like, triggers me, where I'm still like, oh, uh, maybe yeah. I should just send it. Yeah, I have to talk myself <laughs> out of it every time. sorry. Right, you're mother will die if you don't share this picture of Jesus. Like, it's not good. (laughs) No. But my favorite one is when it's the picture of Jesus, but it's really Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Star Wars prequels. Like, that's the best one. (laughs) I love when people unironically get Star Wars characters confused with, um... Biblical ones? Christian, yeah, biblical figures. Yeah. It is the best. It is good. (laughs) But really, go see uh, Ready or Not or your your grandmother might die. die Right. Right, right. Especially if she's uh, in that family. No. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. If you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. Bitches.